1: That's
2: BetterHelp H-E-L-P Welcome, welcome, welcome To Friday Afternoons Late Lunch on LMFM Radio Great to have you with us on the show All the usuals coming up Plenty of guests, books and wine thrown in as well Don't forget the number to contact us 086-1800-658 By WhatsApp or text First today to Kerry And the King of Kells He's standing patiently by Fred Cook, good afternoon
3: Jerry, how are you? I am
2: from you.: Ah, it's great to hear from you. Just check in. You've had that storm there and there, worse than most, earlier in the week. everything all right.
4: Absolutely. It's hard to get, it's hard to get scared by a name called Agnes.) <laughs> 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 if someone told me Agnes is coming close to the house i am like, we'll get the tea on quick. Get a few biscuits. I can't wait to see her. <laughs> Menu story, I'm sure she has.
2: I love it. And you know what? I was looking at a wee video you put up recently, and you were pointing out where you live, okay, in Dingle. There's an awful lot of places <laughs> painted gold and green. I think they did that for you because they know you're from Mead.
4: <laughs> you're dead right. No matter where I go in Dingle or Kerry, there's Mead Man, fresh Cus, let's paint, paint the place green and gold. <laughs> Tony, Tony, all people are the same. I don't know what it is about Tony. Maybe it's this column kill connection in Kells or something, but it's separately. And Leitrim as well. They love me in Leitrim. It's funny, I, don't, I don't
2: know it I think it's the shape paint to be honest with you. But anyway, we'll have to do a little bit of more re- research on that one. Anyway, may I say to you and your good wife, Julie J, congratulations on your new arrival.
4: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I... I can't even believe it. It's surreal and wonderful and tiring and exciting and all these emotions at once, you know, and uh, so thanks so much Jerry.
2: None at all. So, so Ted what age is Ted?
4: He well Ted's three. He's right Ted's three and, and two weeks. And then we've got uh and J now our second and our last is seven weeks.
2: <laughs> never say never, Fred. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm li- going straight for the snip. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm going straight into Dr. Coffee and Kells and she'd be like, How's your blood pressure? And I'd be like, Could you forget about my blood pressure for a sec? I need to get the snip. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, my
2: advice to you is think a little bit longer about that. You know what I mean? Just so, so there. Don't rush into that by, by any means. I know you're coming think up a little this
4: bit longer. I don't know what you think of trying to get the snip on on <laughs> the <laughs> <Jerry. laughs> This is an afternoon radio show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, JJ, Johnny James, he's doing well. What about seven, eight weeks old? So you're you're not getting much sleep, I take it?
4: Not at all. I was saying to a friend of mine, Eleanor, in London last week, and I said I'm exhausted. But you know what she said? She goes, as it's meant to be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's the most universal feeling. And I am tired. But, you know, Julie, we're all very supportive of each other, and it's lovely as well. And, uh, do you know, and uh, when, you, when you see her... When you see your seven week old and you get your revenue bill, it's a wonderful inspiration to go on the road again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are going on the road. Fred is coming to the northeast soon. With his three night stand, does Julie Jay know about this?
4: Oh, we we've talked about it. Right. We're not in an open relationship, but it's open discussion. <laughs> That's the way it's at at the moment. <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> lo- I love it. I love the name. I, I looked sure. at it and thought, Fred Cook, my God, what's happening there at all?
4: I'm doing Dan. And I'm doing all the, I'm doing all the uh, Las Vegas spaces of Ireland. Now, I'm in RD yeah. this Thursday night. So, uh, that, so I've drove by RD so many times, like gigging in Dundalk and on, en route to Belfast. So why have I never gigged in Hamels? Right. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm... I'm doing there, and tickets are, are are flying. It's great now. We're quite healthy, and uh, and also I'm gigging. Have you have you heard of a pub called the Jolly Old Cross? Yes, in Carmine. That's the one. Yeah, and it's mad because when you go in, there's loads of Mead memorabilia. You know Terry Ferguson, you know uh, Tommy, you know Sean Boylan, myself. All these football legends <laughs> on the wall, right. And then, and then like but the only people from Calvin drink there dads from Bailybar and Kingscourt trying to get away from their wives <laughs> come over the border
2: and I take it they're trying to get some karma from those greats in the wall including yourself for the football team but look it's just not working at the minute you are in the Jolly Old Crosses right and Brogan's Bar tell me the story about Brogan's and uh, Mel Gibson is this true?
4: It is, yeah. I did. Now I was very young at the time, and he was—he was filming Braveheart, and mm. I was in there. And he was having a pint, and I was having a Pepsi Max.
5: Mm.
4: And little did I know the prick he would become. <laughs> 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 and you had it. God, I hope he's not listening. I know he listens to this station, but if you are listening, <laughs> I, I said I'm not going back on it. <laughs>
2: No way. You're not withdrawing that comment. It's staying on the record today. <laughs> ah, poor Mel. He's not the worst of them, I have to say. He really no, really not. isn't. But uh, anyway, Brogan's Jolly Cross and then you're bringing it all back home to Jack's Bar in Kells. The big homecoming. I, um, and
4: do you know what? There's a lovely thing about Jack. I'm very excited about that and uh, because it, uh, that's where I did my first ever gig my first ever gig I did it maybe 20 years ago it's not mad isn't it oh my 20 oh my. years ago I did my first gig and I didn't charge in and I did 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's... And it felt like it sounds like an hour and a half. Or <laughs> it's
2: it set you on your way, young fella. It really, really did. It all sure began did. in Jacks, and you're bringing it back there in a few weeks' time, which is absolutely fantastic. On a serious note, Fred, as well, I saw you um, with many other of our top comedians uh, talking about the Ivy Gardens Festival. Yes. What's up, what's gone wrong? What's up? There's
4: a, there's one person who's complaining about the events in the Ivy Gardens. You know the summer festivals, yes. The, the ivy gardens comedy festival so there's one person complaining and he's managed to get a bit of traction which is scary so we have to kind of fight against it because if we don't uh you know uh, there's actually a, a company called ivy gardens Events, and uh, you'll get their email on my poster and uh, if you can email them and tell them to maintain these uh events the ivy gardens because it could go it's scary yeah.
3: Do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's,
4: it's uh and you know, the, the, as far as the Ivy Gardens Comedy Festival, it's so important. You know, that's the first that's the first time I gig with Tommy Turner was there, and my confidence changed overnight. Yeah, like new comedians need this platform. Yeah, they need it. Mm. They need a festival. Like I don't, you know, I joke about being GEA player, but I, I couldn't. I've got no hand-eye coordination. So my football team was a comedy festival, like the Ivy Gardens, getting to be picked, Yeah. play the festival, and that is so important for confidence, and it needs it. It promotes clubs around Dublin. All these Dublin clubs are uniquely brilliant. They get their own gig at this festival. So, and we know these, these beautiful summer evenings, evenings at the festival. So we need to keep it.
2: Oh yeah, and look folks, they're looking for support and if you've been to the Ivy and you love your comedy no matter where give them a give them a bit of support there they need it in this campaign that's ongoing now it'd be a shocking to lose it because it have been running there for 12 years at this stage Are you back on TV with Tommy? You just mentioned them there, is there a new series? I, uh, yeah, do
4: you know what, I'm, al- I'm allowed to mention it now I'm back in November, thank God
2: Good Good.
4: He listened to my phone calls. He listened to my <laughs> WhatsApp point messages. He didn't take the Late Late Show. Thank you.
2: <laughs> oh, so th- th- there's an exclusive on Late Lunch today. Tommy turned it down. Fred pleaded and pleaded with him. But look, at he might have brought you to the Late Late. You might have been conducting the orchestra. Yeah. I said,
4: it's time to give people from Northern Ireland a chance to present <laughs> Downside. Give it the past, And me and you, let's not change what's already fixed.
2: You know the way it <laughs> is, Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is a great show. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it really has become uh, standard uh, in and wintertime and beyond here in Ireland on our TV screens. It's loved. It's loved by all in Sundry and it's great to hear that you're back I- in November. God, I was thinking about you. You mentioned your first gig there 20 years ago. I can remember you on the spa ads. I can remember well, on Republic yeah. of Telly as well. That was a terrific show, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I was very lucky... You know, I was very lucky with the Republican Telly because if I didn't get on the Republican Telly then I'd be the lad from the rat forever. Yes, <laughs> so, which is a bad complaint. At least I take those ads now. Oh, they approach me now; I'd be all over it.
2: Well, listen, there's a fella called Johnny Sexton. Do you know him? And he, he's—he's not—he's not—he's not, he's not a patch on you. He's not a patch on yeah. you, Fred. I'm telling you, bring back Fred. He's very like me—great facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he wouldn't have your footwork. Look what you did in Dancing with the Stars.
4: Sexton wouldn't yeah. be able to do yeah. that no definitely yeah yeah and listen before before the female uh, amazing football team I was the first person to get to the semi-final in anything in a long time with you Dancing were. With the Stars. you were but you know I told you before like you should call it like you know look there's a new season coming back Dancing with the Stars and there might be it might, this might be the last one but I think you need to be honest and I might have mentioned before Jerry like we don't have stars in Ireland like, it's, it's impossible to be famous like you should call it dance with the cousins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there's something in that. I think you I think you could be onto something there, Fred.
4: Yeah, Sean Boylan's I, first cousin once removed. <laughs> <doing yeah. Cha-Cha. laughs> have
2: have you still got that shiny suit? I just wanted to check. Is it still I in heard. your wardrobe? Yes?
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep I just kind of funny. Just kind of. I never, I never said it. I said, well, but Lorraine Keen has this amazing charity event where she, where she char, where she, she gives off famous stuff. Like you too will give her stuff, mm. and uh, and she for free. And she, she charity. this amazing thing. And I met her one day on the Today Show, and she didn't know me. And I says, I'll give you my sparkly outfit. And she was like, You're
3: all right. <laughs> 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 Oh, Lorraine,
2: come on. And she's living in County Meath as well now. She should, women will know yeah, you for yeah. sure. So she should, there you are. Turn down. Well, all I can say to you is it's increasing in value as the weeks, months, and years go on. Don't do anything with it. That'll be worth a fortune, I can tell yeah. you, in years to come. Anyway, what? Well, yeah, Jerry, go on, go on, so go on. I, want
4: to keep I know you're busy. But uh, there's a lovely article today, the Meath Chronicle, but I didn't proclaim myself the King of cows Oh. that just, they wrote that themselves.
2: Did they? Yeah, right, yeah. so so it's that you're made. It, you, that isn't you. That isn't your new your, your new uh, handle or whatever. You won't be known as that. Can can we say you're the no. Prince Can we say you're the No,
4: do you know what? Like J Lo, I'm Freddie from the block. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> don't, be, oh. don't be surprised by the gigs that I got. I'm still Freddy from the block. <laughs>
2: I think that That's is oh listen that is a much better ring to it By god you have the turn the turn of mirth for sure anyway just a reminder listeners Brogan's Bar Trim the 6th of October the Jolly Old Cross and Carmine on the 14th and Jack Spar. he's bringing it all back home <laughs> Freddie from the block <laughs> Jack's Bar <laughs> Kells on the 21st of October <laughs> I'll be thinking about that when I'm sleeping this evening Freddie from the block there you go <laughs> anyway regards to Julie good luck with the boys and uh, Ben Best wishes uh, for the gigs yet. and the tickets are available There's on somewhere. Ticketmaster.ie Ticketmaster.ie No, 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 price no. Sorry, Eventbrite. oh God almighty, Eventbrite I nearly got that wrong Eventbrite
4: That's
2: why it's not out. Oh. <laughs> 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 Somebody put down Ticketmaster on my notes They are, anyway, it's Eventbrite.ie Eventbrite. uh, Eventbrite.ie for, t- for the gigs, <laughs> Freddie's gigs in me th- in October Great to talk to you, take care Fred
4: Legendary. See you later. See you later.
2: Bye. 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 bye, bye. That's the wonderful Fred Coop. There, he is such a funny man. He's naturally funny. The fella, isn't he? Anyway, gets us going rightly on late lunch this Friday afternoon. Short break, and we're back with news that the newest national park has been announced for County Meath, It's been announced today that Ireland's newest national park will be in East Mead, with the acquisition by the state of Dowd Hall and its domain, and 500 acres. It's in an historic area, and our man, when it comes to the Boyne Valley, joins me on the line from Mythical Ireland. Anthony Murphy, good afternoon.
3: Hello, Jerry. good afternoon to you. Thank you for
2: joining me. I'm sure you welcome the move.
3: Absolutely delighted. Jerry. you might remember on your show a few months back, I actually called for the government for the state to make the purchase. I thought it was the obvious move uh, and I thought it, it, it was the perfect way uh, to preserve a ma- uh, an extensive part of uh, the Brunabonia World Heritage Site and I'm absolutely overjoyed that it, it has actually happened.
2: You must welcome the words as well from the DG of the National Parks and Wildlife Service uh, Neil O'Donoghue who said this morning that they're going to work with all stakeholders in developing a master plan uh, for the new national park including your particular area of interest
3: Yeah, I'm delighted. And look, there's a huge amount of wildlife, of course, in the Brunabonia landscape. There are um, many species of birds. There's lots of species of animals and plants and and all sorts of stuff. I think that the holistic approach that's been taken is brilliant. And of course, yes, the archaeology. There's 13 monuments on the lands at Hall, And of course, six of those are Neolithic, including the uh, uh, passage tomb that's under the house but also uh, the giant embanked henge of Douth the famous Douth Henge which myself and Richard Moore back in the year 2000 we the first people to observe the summer solstice sunrise alignment there. And you know what? I was just thinking today, wouldn't it be lovely if in time to come that we could bring groups of people in there around that henge and tell them about the extraordinary history of that monument. It's likely to be around four and a half thousand years old and is actually one of the best preserved uh, uh, examples of an embanked henge on the entire island of Ireland. So, yeah, I'm delighted. I'm actually buzzing today with this news
2: And I suppose that it is in the state ownership, which is you and I and everybody listening today, means that something like you've suggested there can happen. Had it gone uh, privately, it might have been very difficult. Would that be a fair comment?
3: it might have been, yeah. Look, it all depends on who might have bought it. In fairness to uh, Owen Brennan and Devonish, I mean, uh, Owen Brennan in particular took a huge interest in the archaeology of And um, uh, You know, he pr- promoted the archaeology there. He allowed the dig to take place. I mean, I think they took a huge interest in it. But yeah, you're right. Another owner could take a different approach and the whole thing could be under lock and key and nobody able to visit. So this, I think, I've described Oldbridge and the Battle Of the Boyne site as Drogheda's um, uh, Phoenix Park. (laughs) So now we're basically doubling or tripling the size of that, you know, in essence. We are going to have on our doorstep the history and archaeology and wildlife and the landscape. uh, uh, you know, with controlled access to the public, I think it's a dream come true. And all I can say, Jerry, from this point on, is next thing is city state. It's for Drada, and I can really feel it in my blood. That's going to come soon.
2: Lovely to catch up with you today. Wonderful news for the area. The Boyne Valley National Park is a reality today, announced by the Minister and Anthony Murphy, and more besides, are so, so happy. Thank you for taking the time to join us today, Anthony. Much obliged, Sherry. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. Bye. And Anthony did call. I remember going back on the show that the state intervened buy the place. And yes, I do want to echo those sentiments uh, about Devonish and Owen Brennan in particular. They've done a wonderful job with the place up there. And they've left it more or less ready to be taken on now by the state and further developed. And well done to them, and that the deal could be done uh, with the Irish state to create this. And my God, what an addition it is to the Northeast as well to the tourism and heritage aspect of this wonderful land that we live in here in the Northeast. It is simply brilliant and going to attract, I'm sure, more and more tourists to the area, which is only good news for everybody who lives in this neck of the woods. You're at late lunch on LMFM Radio. We. Have book club after two and a special guest reviewer today yes Nicola Cassidy is joining us on the show she's an author herself and she's picked some cracking books books to uh, recommend to you and of course we'll have a TV theme competition coming soon and comedy and more besides but taking us up towards top of the hour two o'clock news and weather on the way on late lunch it's alone from heart we're going back a few years but this is a real anthem heart indeed. New heart in the Boyne Valley. I hear the ticking
1: of the clock. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV! Here oh,
3: we go.
0: TV themes. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV! TV! TV!
2: You must know that one. You must know it. I love the show, I have to say. The theme from what TV show is that, please? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And I have a lovely prize to send out to one of you this afternoon. We have a special guest in studio now. Yes, she's a wonderful author. And she's really helped us out today because she's doing our book reviews. Nicola Cassidy, good to see you again. You too, Derry. Thanks for joining me at short notice on the show. We really do appreciate it. Well, let's begin with your book. Of the month, and I have to say, I didn't know much about this one, but I can't wait to get it uh, and read it. It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Tell them what's what is it about.
6: This is a book about two young people who grow up in LA, and they, or I think Los Angeles, sorry, um, they they are gamers. They are children who kind of grow up in the same time as I did which would have been the 80s the, the era of Donkey Kong and um, before computers and PC games became really big they grew up in that era they're kind of outsider children um, Sam is the boy He's he ends up in hospital with an injury he's long term ill and he befriends Sadie and their connection is Donkey Kong and gaming what happens to them is as they grow up they become gamers and gamers and gamers till eventually they start building their own games and they're just at that cusp of the tech era where they develop a really successful game called Eat you go and they become millionaires billionaires based on it um, and the book is based on their relationship from childhood to adulthood and what happens when you're very successful and you earn a lot of money but it's based on a on a project that's at your heart, this, this thing that keeps them connected all the way through
2: Is it fair to say that it's a boy meets girl story uh, that's you know, is never a romance yet it, it's a romantic book you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
6: it is that Question of platonic relationships yes. between boys and girls, especially when they meet as children, mm. you usually find somebody is in love with the other person at some point in the relationship. If it's if, if it's that type of relationship, and that is the question through this, we'll find that Sam is in love with Sadie, um, and all the way through you're trying you're rooting to see will they get together? Will mm. they get together? Um, Sadie has an affair with um, her college professor, which is quite young, which is explored I thought very well in in the um, book, which is this, this Um and the book follows through their life. I thought it was I thought the pace of it was really really good um i won't ruin it and say what is the result of that but it keeps you guessing because you're all you're because you, you love both the characters even though they've got such flaws you do want them almost to be together and that that drives the reader but i thought it was a brilliant examination of platonic relationships
2: and you know when you'd hear gaming it, it nearly as soon as i'd hear that i mightn't be that interested
6: in me this too like, i i know nothing about gaming except what's the gun's been shot in the sitting room all day long with the kids at home or whatever. Like the, the, I'm aware of gaming but I, I'm not a gamer so that did put me off at the start and also the cover I have to say put me off originally. I'd seen it, um, I'd seen the booksellers and Waterstones had recommended it last year um, but I said look I'll, I'll try it but as soon as it started I was hooked, I listened to it on audio. Um, it was, it don't let not being into gaming put you off because this isn't yeah. really a story about gaming yeah. now I learnt a huge amount about the gaming world and I loved that because I knew nothing about it and I didn't understand how games were built and how they're all encompassing and absorbing and they take years and years and years of work to create a gaming world so I loved that and, and it is a story about work ethic and hard work and Sadie is such a hard worker and it's that kind of it's it's what happens if somebody's not pulling their weight in a relationship as well because Sam isn't doesn't um, he is ill he has illnesses and I they it has so many details of layers of relationships and mm. and but and, and also this gaming world which don't be put off if you're not into it but if you are into gaming I think you'll love it as well. As
2: well. And um, I, I, I know somebody who's an avid reader and reads and reads and reads and she said that in her mind the two characters which you've just mentioned and this uh, reminded me of it uh, she cared about these two characters more than all the books she's read in the last 10
6: years. It, I don't know what it is it, it, like they were I think because you follow them through from children um you understand there's the type of loneliness there and it's there's breakdowns at different points in the relationship particularly around Sam and when he's a, when he's young mm. and he's reliant completely on on her and she rejects him and your heart's broken because we all know what that's like as a young person to have that kind of rejection so um you really feel for them and with them, and even though they're not familiar, I mean they're not Irish. I don't have that any connection to them. I'm not, I'm not a gamer, but they have that kind of that the loneliness, the existential yes. feeling of dread that we all have of being yeah. alone and um, being supported by our, our relationships and our friendships and our lives. So highly recommended, and uh, they stay with you. And it is very moving. And towards the end, you are can be upset about you know some of the things that happen, but absolutely brilliant. And Amazon named it as their book of the year 2022, and it's been made into a movie.
2: There you go. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is the name. Of the book and it's by Gabrielle Zevin and uh, Nicola absolutely loves it so it's highly recommended and it is our book of the month on late launch for September. Now let's move along. <laughs> this is right up your street, young woman.
6: Why? Because it's, it's called The Husband Hunters? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Not from. No, no, no. Please don't put me in a spot. You know with, me so well, which with good, man. Um, it's because of your your own writing and your own extensive research and your own brilliant books as well, because it's about American heiresses who married into the British aristocracy.
6: Yeah, so this is a book uh, called The Husband Hunters by Anne de Courcy. She's a historian. She she has tons of books out there. They're all nonfiction, but they're really detailed and really sweep you along. I mean, you don't want, if you're going to be sitting down for a cup of tea, you don't want to be reading boring books. Mm. These these are really interesting. um, This is the story of a lot of women's lives, women's lives, what was happening in the 1800s, late 1800s particularly, was that there was a huge amount of money in America. There was a lot of um, development and entrepreneurship over there. People were billionaires. They had daughters. They would no aristocracy in America. So they were sending their uh, educated, beautiful young daughters over to England to marry old, crusty old men in big houses because then they could become a lady. Mm. So the men, they, they, they were, this was happening all throughout. I mean, I'm not sure of the stats, but there were there were... I think thousands of these marriages, um, and they were coming into. They they ended up supporting so many of the houses. Like I think Blenheim Palace was one that came Mm. in. That um, that's right. Without this American money, many of the period houses that we still have to this day would have failed because they pumped their millions into these houses um so if i've i've great interest in this era i've a great interest in these women and the husband hunters goes through it's not just the the uk side it goes through the american um new york kind of scene of the golden age particularly people like um alva vanderbilt um mrs astor if you're into that kind of scene and, mm. and uh, Julian Fellows has done a, a TV series on it. I think it's called The Golden Age or something like that in New York. All that late 1800s, wash with money, all the parties and extra- extravagance. Um, she goes through different different people, different stories and gives you their background. And it's a very interesting time, period.
2: These marriages were arranged. You know, these girls, as you say, were sent over and mostly to uh, be married to older men. Now, uh, we have to say, uh, quite a lot of them worked out that, you know, they. They became happy in the relationships. Now we don't know the full extent of it, but they weren't all failures. Oh, no,
6: they weren't all fa- no, they weren't all failures. And don't forget that Winston Churchill's mother was one that's of, right, yeah. Um, Jenny Jerome was. Yeah. She arrived with her mother Clara, and they, so they came over. The, a lot of this was led by the mothers of the brides, so mm. they, because they were they had the money in America, they wanted the social standing. They were always trying to buy into aristocracy. Um, so not all. No, I mean some. And, and you know, they did mix and there were some love matches, but there was one particular match which was um, Alva Vanderbilt's daughter Consuelo, and that's a, a woman I've particularly interested in. I've, I've, I've researched it with the thoughts of writing something on it, but she, her particular story was that um, it was. Just doing some research on it today. Like that, that girl at the age of eight could write in French, German, and English. So she had three languages at the age of eight. She used to be educated with a rod and a steel rod on her back to keep her pose. Her, her neck was actually elongated. So everything they were brought up to to be these type of brides, mm. and they were very educated, very clever women. But they were they were being groomed to kind of go further in life and marry and extend kind of the, the family line and yeah. go. go climb the ladder um, so she was sent over and her particular she didn't she had a love interest they broke up that love interest in America They they her mother locked her in a house for a year and she couldn't have any post and she couldn't get out and until she agreed to marry uh, I just can't remember his name but he, he yeah. was I think even that could be been Blenheim Palace actually she married into until she agreed and under duress after a year of being a prisoner she came over at 19 and married her husband and on the day of her wedding she, she was walking in the aisle crying and there was hundreds of people at the wedding and this was just, well, this is the way it was. And her mother forced her into that. Now, of course, that marriage didn't work out. In the end, they were divorced. Mm. But it, it, that was just one exa- example that always stays with, with me you. of, you know, yeah. when I went through the detail of it. So mm. these a lot of them were forced, not all of them. And it's just an interesting time period when these women, they didn't have any choices. Um, but they're called the husband hunters because they did arrive kind of over. In,
2: pack <laughs> to find they and led do. by the matriarchs. They did a crowd called the Marrying Wilsons. They were infamous indeed. And of course, it was about the money that was needed on the British side as well. They had it and to produce the fabled heir and spare if they could in terms of, of children. The book is called The Husband Hunters by Anne de Courcy and Nicola recommends it highly too. Now, your final pick today is a debut novel. By Danielle McLaughlin, called *The Art of Falling*.
6: Yep, this was a book released in 2021. Um, Danielle, I think, had won some prizes. She's she was cited as she is she's a very good fiction writer, um quite literary fiction, which I love to read. I love to it's particularly Irish female writers because I feel they kind of capture there's a certain soul that they they kind of capture in their words. and I, I really love to read it that that type of book. So it's very much this has been on my shelf since twenty one. And um, so it's the story of um Nessa McCormack, who is an art historian and she's kind of an art curator. and she her life work is is about um an artist called Robert Locke, who's a sculptor. and she's Robert is deceased. She's kind of curating a, a big exhibition of his work, a kind of a legacy piece. His family are donating mm. his art, particularly a chalk sculpture. It's about to go, there's a lot of press and she's she's launching the, this exhibition. And who comes along? A disruptor, only um, somebody, who, a, a former lover of Loxy claims, well, actually that piece is not his, it's mine. So the book follows this antagonistic relationship between Nessa and her nemesis who's come in and kind of is trying to disrupt her, her work. Um, but in the background and what it starts off with is that what it opens with is Nessa talking about Cora Wilson because Cora Wilson has had an affair with her husband Philip um, and Cora is still around and Philip is still around because Nessa and Philip have worked through the relationship and they're still together Mm. and I really liked that at the start that you you have this drama going on. A lot of books are you find out about the affair and they kick them out and that's the end. I thought this was really interesting and very realistic that um, in a long term marriage they had overcome this affair and they were battling on and that was the dynamic in the book.
2: And she's a daughter as well that has to be uh, cared for, and she's not the easiest child either. No,
6: Jennifer, she's only one child, and Jennifer happens to be friends with Corey Wilson's daughter, of course. Yes, Um, which is quite normal in these school environments, you know, um, when things like that happen. And yeah, she's. But I liked that she's entering the teenage years she's doing the normal things of saying she's somewhere and she's not and they're worried about her and especially my girl's going, this is what's ahead of me. I I thought it was very realistic. I thought it was very well written. I felt like it was written from experience from Danielle. Not saying that happened in her life but just, you know, the parenting aspect of trying to run your your career and your home life and all these things happening to you. So um, I I did enjoy it. I thought the pace was quite good. I suppose by the end, I was, there is, um, there's another storyline of like, There um, is.
2: a very An affair, another
6: affair that happens hard in there.
2: there is indeed
6: <laughs> yeah she does have this um a past friend who is deceased mm. the son who she doesn't really know arrives into into their lives um and it's it as always with good books you have a past secret that's coming out um and it, it does it does play out i suppose what i'd say in my review if i'm being very honest i did want a little bit more i think that um Nothing surprised me. I didn't. I was there wasn't a plot twist in it that I was going. Oh my god! Mm. Um, and and that can be the case with literary books sometimes. I I felt I could have had a little bit more. I don't know. Just for me, there wasn't, and I yeah. I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But I really did enjoy the reader. I brought it with me. I was in, actually in Cork when I was reading it. It said in Cork. I was on holidays this year in the summer, so um, I enjoyed it. It was. It is a good book, and I I'd, I'd definitely read what when else she has coming. Okay. She's a brilliant writer. Yeah. Um, I suppose I just, yeah, I would knock off a star there. Her background is short
2: stories and she's yeah. excellent.
4: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
2: in short stories, and maybe it being our debut, she'll develop a bit more now with the next one that comes along. But as you say, it is a good book, it has been well received as well. And uh, you won't go wrong if you pick it up. The Art of Falling, it's called by Danielle McLaughlin. Terrific, listen, you've been great. Thank you so much for obliging us today on the show. Loved your books, love your reviews, and we'll see you again soon. Nicola Cassidy, oh, thanks, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show, Coolio and Gangsters Paradise on your late lunch this Friday afternoon. Now you're all set for a laugh out there in late lunch land. Well, it's time to do this. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy.
1: Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy.
0: Comedy. Classic comedy.
1: Classic comedy.
0: On the late lunch. I love comedy.
2: Ah, this is such a funny, funny piece. Do you remember Married with Children and the Bundy family? Al was the dad and in this piece, he's on a day off. Wife Peggy, very glamorous, sidles in and she has jobs for Al to do. No go. He's shocking lazy. But when new neighbour Brenda calls, she's recently single and glamorous. Al is ready to assist with moving her sofa.
1: Hi, honey. Are you enjoying your day off?
4: Hey, you know I am. Now, how are you going to ruin it for me? <laughs> Sex? Chores? What? Oh, well, I guess
1: we'll just stick to chores today. <laughs> but I'll give you a choice. Shower or fix the doorbell? How much work is it to fix the doorbell? Well, unlike taking a shower, you might have to raise an arm. Oh, Al, it makes this wheezing, pathetic sound. I'm embarrassed to have my girlfriends hear it.
4: Oh, come on, they've heard worse. You know, move along, bossy, no grazing here. Or, hey, how about sharing that cud? Excuse me. That's the doorbell,
5: Al.
1: Come in!
5: Oh, hi. I'm Brenda. I'm your new neighbor. I just moved into the house across the street. Oh, yeah.
1: The old Thompson house. You know, he used to be in charge of the soy trough over at Mr. Eggroll. But then he got promoted to the guy who says, what size drink with that? (laughs) So we knew we'd be moving to a better neighborhood. (laughs) Hi, I'm Peggy. Hi. If you want anyone to tell a secret to, just tell me. Oh, and if you need any gossip on any of the neighbors, just ask me. (laughs) People tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah?
5: Well, I've already heard about the people who live on the other side of you. The Bundys. (laughs) Boy, the stories I've been hearing about them. They say the husband will steal your paper, stalk your pets, and eat your garbage. Hey, half a potato is not garbage. Anyway, this moving in is difficult. It's harder because I don't have a man. I know. Where do you find one these days? Anyway, listen, the movers, they left my couch out in front of the house, and I have a job interview. I dance on tables for men near airports. (laughs) So I was wondering if you could watch it for me until I get back.
1: Well, a quarter might keep my eyes open.
4: (laughs) You know, it's funny, a quarter used to keep them closed in high school. (laughs) Well, miss, uh, it's my day off, and as you can see, I'm all alone. So, uh... I don't mind moving that couch for you.
5: Well, it is a big couch. But then you're a big man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brenda Kozdrowski. Peggy, do you mind if I borrow this big, strong guy? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, just have him back by tomorrow
1: has to perform brain surgery in the morning and he has a loafer sale in the afternoon
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mother worries so <laughs> a- after you my rear I-, I mean my dear
1: you are too tired to fix the doorbell and yet you can go move her couch
4: yeah <laughs> Hurry up and get that cotch inside before Peg wants to go sit on it.
2: Yes, Mr Al Bundy, uh, what a show that was, Married with Children our Comedy, this Friday afternoon on Late Lunch. He's all set and ready to rock. Yes, he's our virtuoso of vino, Rick Cronje on Late Lunch next. It's always a great Friday when Rick Cronjay's in the house. Rick, good to see you again.
0: You too, Jerry. Thank, thank you. for
2: joining me on the show. And we want to say a big thank you first today to first and last off-license in Jonesborough, who uh, bring us our wines today.
0: It's the Alberino Grape. Rick? Absolutely, Jerry. <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely uh, grape. Uh, very light, very refreshing all round, you know, wherever you get it from. And a uh, really interesting history to it as well. You know. uh, The northwest corner of Spain, synonymous with that region. Yeah, Galicia region. They, and in particular, you know, Rios Baixas, uh, 90 odd percent, 95 percent of that uh, denomination is uh, alberino it just hit the spot right on the atlantic ocean it loves 300 meters and below as an altitude and that's why it just flourishes there yeah
2: it is grown elsewhere but in much smaller quantities
0: yeah it is outside australia uh, brazil uruguay uh, even new zealand villa maria i was hoping to have one of those we didn't quite make that but yeah, but a very small pockets, Jerry. In total, um, 5,500 hectares. But as I say, you know, 90% of that will be between Spain and Portugal. Mm. So
2: Spanish to the core, but we have also in a few moments, we're going to be talking about a Portuguese. It's a relation in Portugal. It's grown there yes. too, but we'll come on to that in a moment.
0: The grape is very interesting. This is a small wee grape, isn't it? It's very small, uh, Jerry. It grows in small bunches, very tight. Uh, it's actually got quite a thick skin. Uh, the soft, uh, the flesh inside is very soft. So, um, yeah, and it, 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 it's it's absolutely green in the early stages and it ripens quite late in the season and it turns gold. So, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, lovely to work with as well. Quite resistant to diseases and and pests. It's quite a transformation.
2: I was looking at the pictures myself earlier on today, that deep green you mentioned about, and then when it goes to the lovely gold later on. Beauty. It's a beautiful transition, and of course it is developing at that stage.
0: How would you describe it in a general sense, the wine? like. Uh, yeah, I would put it as light, Jerry. Um, it, it will. It 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 is naturally high in acidity. What is unique, in particular, when it comes from the uh, Rias Spices area, is it has a, a touch of saltiness in it. Now it's very faint, but you know, obviously, the sharper your senses, the quicker you'll pick it up. Mm. Um, but yes, and and uh, it it as an aperitif can't go wrong absolute for seafood match made in my heaven. kind
2: of wine i'll yes. say you're saying all yes. the right things the other yeah. thing about this and you emphasize this is
0: um it's best enjoyed young for sure within a year or two jerry it's it's not now there has been wines that have been carried but that's not uh, that's unusual mm. no definitely it's it's just the acidity will carry it but no, it is definitely a wine uh, to be enjoyed within two years max.
2: Okay, um, have you uh, a, a sample there of our first wine, the yes, Spanish wine?
0: I do indeed, uh, Jerry. Um Fortunately, it's a screw cap, so there wouldn't be... Any issues with pouring that yes. wine, Jerry? Okay, let me have a and look at it in the glass. In the, uh, ah, it's beautiful.
2: Now. There's a gold. There's a gold hue the, off it. There, isn't there it is. There is, it is the wine Jerry, itself. Yeah.
0: Now it's a 2022, and it's Sera da Estrella. It's very fresh. Very, very fresh. Oh,
2: it's beautiful.
0: It is. Oh, it's it beautiful. Is, it
2: really, really is beautiful. Twenty twenty two, Cerro de Estrella, uh, and it's Spain. And you pronounce that Rias. Uh, Rias Baixas. Rias Baixas on the label as well. Nineteen yeah. euro. Now it's. It, you'd say it's a little high on the. But all all wines have gone up, haven't they? All, all our wines, wines have
0: gone up, uh, Jerry. And you know it's. Uh, again, you know um, it's twenty twenty two. Uh, it was a good year as well for it. And uh, this particular wine, you know, comes from a, a very good estate, the Adigas Valminor, uh, very well known. And I thought this had a bit more body to it than your usual. It's not flimsy now. No. And uh, it's definitely got a body to it, but it's lovely. And I just thought it had a nice lingering aftertaste. And there's that. Well, I picked up that slight, slight, I don't know, it's caramel or saltiness. There's something in the back of there your is. throat. There you is. So I feel it. There's yeah. something
2: there that lasts for sure. Yeah. That but carries it's beautiful.
0: Eight. You could drink it as an aperitif and put seafood, a match made in heaven. Absolutely, Jerry. And, you know, the estate's, what, 38 hectares, mm-hmm. an average temperature of 13 degrees, 2,450 hours of sunshine. Why wouldn't you be living it?
2: <laughs> you know? Why wouldn't the grapes be happy? Why wouldn't the wine be lovely? Why wouldn't Absolutely. you love to be there given the weather we're having in Ireland uh, lately? And again, yeah. thanks to First and Last Off License in Jonesboro for that beautiful wine. Now, our second
0: wine uh, comes from Portugal. It's the same grape, but they it's, call uh, it a different name in Portugal, yeah? Yes. And uh, two things, if I might just quickly mention there, Jerry. Absolutely. They call it Alvarinho. It's spelled completely differently, but it's the same grape. And that is just to a marketing thing to distinguish. If you think uh, Pinot Gris, Pinot Grisio. Yeah. You know, Pinot Gris, we tend to sort of go south with it. But uh, that's the difference, but completely different styles made from it, although they almost neighbours yeah, uh, you know, in terms of geography. Sure, So yeah, they're on the one piece of land yeah, and yet there is absolutely. a huge contrast. Oh, massive. And that's massive what we're doing difference. in this
2: series with Rick, if you're not familiar. He is comparing wines the same grape grown in different areas in the world and you would think that Spain and Portugal, they're on the same block of land there, but it's night and day as we'll find out in a moment from Rick. Rick Cronje is running the rule over the Albarino grape today. Albarino in Spain we've just tasted a moment ago. We're In Portugal now, what they call it, Alvarino. So, Rick,
0: just tell us what's on the label of this wine. Yeah, this uh, the uh, estate is Avaleda, um, and it's from the Vino Verde region, D-O-C, there. Um, And it's Alvarino is how they pronounce it. That's just a marketing strategy, Jerry. It's exactly the same grape. Uh, the reason for that, if we talk about, say, Pinot Gris versus Pinot Gris, so it's just a dis- to, d- to distinguish yeah. where it comes from. But, of course, the shape of the bottle will tell you it's very different, yeah. uh, other than the label, of course. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot
2: of the Portuguese wines can have that taller, Beautiful. slimmer bottle, yeah, don't they? Yeah, very much so. So it sort of distinguishes them in terms of the bottle itself. It's 2022, There's and this one is €15 Euro with first and last off licence in Jones Bread. OK, Rick, if you do the honours there... I- I will see do, Jerry How this compares to the sip I had at the first one. And we always say, uh, do drink alcohol responsibly and your wine especially. Plenty of water thrown in there and food to enjoy it to its utmost. So let me have a
0: look at this one. It, there's a slight little sparkle in that, is there? There is, Jerry, And that's the freshness is it? of, of the, it. The yes. Fresh, yeah, yeah. And I deliberately kept the cork to to uh, to preserve that.
2: Oh, now there's a completely different nose
0: on that. Absolutely. What am I picking up? Uh, it's terrible. like nectar from flowers or something. Yes, and it's very sharp compared to yeah. the, the the first one. Oh, it hits so, straight away. Yeah. Uh, probably slightly darker, very bright, I, I think almost green, uh, coloured to a tinge layer of goldness to it. Uh, but very sharp. Uh, I don't know, grapefruit, maybe white flowers. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. That, I'd say it's, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's straight edge,
2: and and it's 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 a lighter wine than the other wine, isn't oh, it? Oh, definitely, Joe. You mm. can see it almost yes, straight you away. Can. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, mm.
0: it's really really nice. I thought it was very light. Yeah, Jerry, but different, to enjoy.
2: different to the.
0: Totally different. Completely opposite.
2: And the same grape. Different. You wouldn't believe it's it. The same grape. <laughs> on the same peninsula, the same Iberian peninsula. peninsula. They're
0: probably neighbours. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> yet that contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it
0: amazing? That is the fascination of wine, isn't it? Really. As we say, Jerry, love the wine you're with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Yeah. Know, it is, is. It's fascinating that, 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 that it's so, so different.
2: You could quaff that on its own again. Uh, yeah. But I see you have on the notes here oysters and asparagus in butter sauce. Yes. Mm,
0: now you're and talking. That wouldn't be the first time either. <laughs> I love that to, to prepare that. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, with that acid on it because there is acid on it, that fruitiness. They it I think tuna you know, salmon, a bit of yeah, oily, fish, oily it'll fish cut into it. Yeah. 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 But definitely um Aperitif. no, no, no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: it's it, it really is lovely, and both wines today again uh, are available at first and last off license in brand We thank them uh, for the wines today. Oh, it brings it home; it really does the difference. You'd never ever believe it, and uh, that is the fun, as I say, and the intrigue of, of the different wines. Now. While you're with us today, there's an issue on the horizon for all wine lovers. And you might explain to our listeners, uh, uh, a decision was made uh, to, what, put a new endorsement on all wines sold in Ireland.
0: Yes, this is, uh, was passed in, this year in May 23. Uh, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, signed off on a law for uh, new labels to come in on alcoholic products and in particular uh, wine and that and this is only in Ireland this is not uh, in the rest of uh, uh, EU and uh, that has to be a health warning which will uh, encompass things like warning about liver disease uh, cancer pregnancy etc so there's a quite a bit of talk about that uh, and it will be enacted in May 26. Now, that might sound a long way away, but you've got to remember the suppliers here, Jerry, and, and you know, the off that they order things one, two years in advance. You have to get your order in, otherwise you're not going to have it. So it's not that long to go there. Mm. The issue with it is, of course, there's already warnings on the label, you know, about drink-aware pregnancy, be responsible, follow, you know, your chief medical officer's advice. So, you know, you have to ask why it's being done. But the bigger problem is small suppliers, would they go to that extent to supply us if they have that expense and who's gonna pay for it? Because it's only unique to Ireland. The bigger uh, issue after that is uh, countries like say, uh, outside the EU, what do they do? Mm. You know, they're not part of the EU. Mm. So and we had this if you remember with the issue about champagne in Australia I said well we're not part of it so we can label it champagne you know now they haven't done it because you don't want to pick a fight Yeah so there is a, a problem uh, you know coming down the track and the end result could very well be that our choice will be limited mm. because a small supplier boutique little winery supplying somebody here with a pallet a pallet 600 bottles would they bother to go to that extent, you know? Or who's going to pay for it? Mm. So I, I'm not so sure. But it, it just you see this yeah. as a, a big difficulty
2: when it comes down to the selection that we have. It may yes. restricted severely. Now the selection, I have to say, from my personal point of view, if you even go shopping at the minute, it is quite restricted at this point Already. in time, isn't it? Do you see Already. that?
0: Absolutely, Jerry. And I've I've said this several times. You know. If you write down the great varieties in a big supermarket, Mm. you'll be struggling to get to 12 or 13. You'll have 15 Sauvignon Blancs from different parts of the world. So, yes, it it will be. And in particular, the the little wineries, the little uh, independents, you know, that that sell limited wines, but very unique, very uh, special from smaller estates. Um, yeah, they, they, I, I think we're going to have a problem there.
2: I, I take it if it's been agreed and it's going to be enacted now in the new year, the minister or the government and whoever that government will be at the time are not for turning. You know, if they've if they've made this decision. But at the end of the day, if there is a cost, it'll be you and I and everyone listening today that will probably be John. paying even more. That if yeah. somebody's going to comply with this, well, it's going to cost more in the la- from the labelling point of view, and, and up it goes. It's something to watch out for, for sure. And as you said, it's not that far around the corner because no, two years go by and... No. and the in, Very quick. Yeah, and the, in, in the flash yeah, of an I mean, eyelid, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Rick marking our cards here about something that's coming uh, down the road. And again, it may leave our uh, choices much more restricted when it comes to wine selection and buying. But just reminding you again today, we have been talking about uh, the Albarino grape and the two recommended wines, Spain, Rias Baxias. Yes? Uh, Bichas. Yes. Serra Estrella Alvarino, 2022, 19 euro. That's the Spanish one. And we moved to Portugal for the second one, which uh, they called Alvarino. And it's Portugal, Aveleda, Alvarino, 2022. And that one is 15 euro. And both available from first and last off-license in Jones brand. We do remind you again, do uh, drink sensibly. Plenty of water and food, along with your lovely, lovely wines. Rick, thank you for joining me again today the show it's been a real pleasure and we'll see you next month please God
0: certainly will Jerry
2: thank you Rick late launch LMFM radio coming up after three sport with David Sheehan my top five countdown but it's Taylor Swift up to news at three
1: People dream high in the quiet of the night you know that I it. Yeah, right
2: now. now let's reprise our TV theme <laughs> Yes, you're in the courtroom of Judge Judith shinelin It's Judge Judy, that uh, TV theme for sure. Sinead O'Brien, well done to you. You guessed right. The gift is yours today. We will be in touch. And thanks to everybody who had a go at that one there. Now, let's round off the top five on Late Lunch for this week.
3: Five, four,
0: three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's...
4: The
2: number one from this week in 1983. And it comes from an album called Colour By Numbers. A terrific album it was that was released in 83. It's by Culture Club. And today's number one was their second number one in the UK. They were top before this one with Do You Really Want To Hurt Me? But this one shot up to number one and stay there For six weeks and in fact it was the biggest selling Single in the UK In 1983 and it Enjoyed success in the States as well Because it made top spot there For three weeks in early 1994 yes our number one From this week in 1983 Is Culture Club and Karma Chameleon I'm a Chameleon, the number one from this week. In 1983 from Culture Club and Louise was just showing me boy George there on an episode of The X Factor where a girl came on the voice, uh, the voice should I say a girl came on and played it, what a wonderful version of the song and George didn't recognise it until she was a bit into the song his reaction is priceless. Anyway we'll bring you another top 5 countdown on your late lunch next week final break of the day on the show and the week and up next as is our want at this time on Fridays David Sheehan looks ahead to the big sporting action of the weekend. David Sheehan, are you there? I am, Terry. Good man, David. Good to talk to you again this afternoon. Let's talk sport. League of Ireland tonight. uh, Dundalk against Drogheda United. The final meeting of the season, the Fort Loud Derby. And Dundalk have won all previous meetings, David.
7: Yeah, they have this season. And uh, just looking at it in a bit of prep for the commentary this evening as well. Drogheda's recorded at at Oriel Park over the last... 12 or twelve or 13 or so meetings, going back to, you know, before they had been relegated into the First Division. Their record at Oriel Park is really, really poor. So, but, you know, they've they've picked up really good scalps on the road, notably on Friday, on our Monday, rather, against St. Pat's. They beat Shamrock Rovers away. They beat Derry away this season. So, if ever there was a time to book that trend, now would be it, especially given that, you know, Drogheda have been in really good form lately. Dundalk had lost four in a row up until that win against Cork on Monday night. So... Yeah, really looking forward to it. Always a cracking atmosphere. And, um, you know, Dundalk still, with an outside chance of making Europe, they probably need to win the bulk of their games between now and the end of the season. And they don't have the, the easiest of run-ins. They're away from home in, in a few of their fi- in three of their final four games after tonight. So, looks like it's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to it, Jerry. yeah.
2: And you'll be there yourself. And you can tune in on LMFM.ie to listen to David this evening. Um when, when you look at Drahoda, talking about Drahoda for a moment, uh, Kevin mm. Doherty, the job he's done with the smallest budget in the league, he's had to shed three or four really important players during the season, and yet he's found replacements. Uh, he has to be in contention for manager of the year.
7: Yeah, I think he, I think he's banging contention. I was listening to to Dan McDonald and Johnny Ward's podcast earlier in the week, and. Johnny Ward is banging his room very hard for Kevin, Kevin Doherty to be manager of the season. He had he had no qualms about it at all. He's just out in his own manager this the season. Now it's worth noting as well, again, just in the course of a bit of research for tonight's game, Drogheda United, with that win on, on Monday night, surpassed their points total for the entirety of last season. So they've still got five games left, including tonight. And they've already got a point more than they got in the entire, entirety of last season. So that'll just show you how how much of an improvement they've made. In difficult circumstances, as we know, players leaving, new players coming in, but the strike rate that, that Kevin Doherty has had, and in fairness to, T- to Tim Clancy before him as well, in terms of bringing players in and the, the the success rate that they've had, they've barely made a bad sign. And even the players that maybe haven't made a massive impact have still been useful squad players. So they've done a great job there. And again, just to talk about them, Doc, for a second, you know, uh, their season this year has been a little bit flat. They went on that run. The, the cup defeat against De- against Galway was a real sickener for them. Um, and they'll be just looking to try and finish strongly and maybe squeeze into that top top three, maybe fourth place, depending on how the cup goes as well. You'd fancy that maybe fourth might get you into Europe, but um, they, they really need to, to turn it around after that runner of defeats and tonight would be a good time to do it and make it 4 out of 4 against their local rivals this season
2: and back to Drahada, the uh, takeover by Travella is imminent now they have to call an EGM it's uh, been rubber stamped Mm. by the FAI and uh, a new dawn with a a massive new development planned on the north side of Drogheda for a new stadium and much more besides exciting times
7: It is, and I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually planning to chat to Joanna Byrne uh, tomorrow for for Sunday Sport, which so that that interview will go out on Sunday. Um, I was just on to her a little bit earlier on. So yeah, I think Wednesday was the, the meeting uh, last Wednesday, and it, and it went through okay. So look, it's, it's it's I suppose until we see the detail and and what exactly will be invested in the club, it's it's hard to know. And we've seen, you know, you know, Jerry better than, than most of us. You've been following the league a long time. Been, there's been good takeovers and investment. There's been not so good ones. on Doc will tell you all about that. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. And it'll just be interesting to see how much money will be invested, what the plans are. But again, we'll be getting a bit more detail on that in the coming days. But it's certainly, I think the fact that they've held on in the, first, in the Premier Division for the last couple of years in difficult circumstances has been really, really key. And you can see the promise that's there now, full of houses every, every Friday night, the the bond that Kevin Doherty has and Darren Doyle has and the players have with the supporters and the, the work ethic that's in that squad and like you know things can turn very quickly as well you know if if investment mm. doesn't come in Kevin Doherty Cork were sniffing around him earlier in the season uh, you know there's no saying that he might might get an offer to go somewhere else in the off season a couple of the players will be will be in the band as well so you can't always keep on going like they have been the last few years with, with picking up good signings and, and getting away with that budget so it's great for them that, that hopefully some investment will be coming in and they might be able to just cement their position in that and move up the table a little bit and maybe try and push on for Europe in the next few seasons.
2: Now let's move to the Premier League across the water and the standout game of the weekend. There is one. It's Tottenham Hotspur against Liverpool. Ange Postacoglu working the Oracle with Tottenham. Liverpool much improved from last season. Something has to give here.
7: Well, something has to give. They're both unbeaten, but a draw, of course, would maintain that record for both mm. of them as well, you know? Um, Spurs in fourth, Liverpool in second. Liverpool have been really good this season. I think they've surprised a lot of people. Sabas coming into midfield has been a revelation. They played six, won five, only draw- drawn one, so 16 from 18 points. Spurs as well, and even myself and your south area as Arsenal supporters, I really like Pasta He's got a really laid back kind of uh, laconic style as a lot of Australians do you never really see him losing the rag in in in, in post match press conferences he's a very good talker he says all the right things i think he's won a lot of people over in, in a at a very early stage and spurs are playing with, with a lot of uh, a lot of freedom you saw them against arsenal last week their style of play has progressed quite a lot um and last year was such a difficult one for the managerial changes the last number of seasons have been a huge amount of churn but the pasta appointment seems to be a really good one and he looks like a really good fit there so um i'm going to go for a draw in that one <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> uh,
2: by, uh, the yeah. way, by the way you didn't mention who'd win the derby tonight the loud derby quickly but who do you think
7: draw 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 are going to oh. break that who do i think we'll, oh. we'll see we'll see i think i think look at looking looking at the form at the form at the minute and with the way draw are the pressure is off them they're they're going to be they're going to be safe they're not going to be relegated I think the dock in front of their home fans maybe might feel the pressure a little bit more. So I'm gonna give a nod to draw to maybe two one. Um but yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Now, uh, we'll just leave it at that with the Premier League because the Ryder Cup is on at the moment and uh, the complete opposite to last week in the Salheim Cup where America won the four balls, the four of them in the morning. Europe have won the four, the foursome, should I say, uh, this morning, 4 nil. I'm looking at the scores in the four balls in the afternoon. US are up in one, uh, Europe are up in two and the others all square. McIlroy and Fitzpatrick are six up after ten against Morikawa and Chauvelet. It's looking like Europe.
7: Yes, yeah, early days, Sherry. remember the miracle of Medina. We all know what happened there. So, yeah, it, it it is looking really good for them. And McElroy obviously, won earlier on with Tommy Fleetwood as well. And crowds are massive. Everyone seems to be loving it. The weather is fantastic. So, yeah, it's been, a, I mean, I don't think Luke Dolan could have, you know, could have dreamt of a better start. And if they come out, if it stays as it is, I mean, obviously, a couple of those games are tight enough at the minute. Yeah. Uh, Thomas and Speed are two up. The other two, one is all square, one is one up America, and then six up, as you said. So it is pretty tight. Um, but yeah, look, four four out of four in the opening opening round of games this morning. They can't be too sorry about that. And if they even if they if they even won one today and two were all square and they lost one, they'd still be in a great yeah. position. But look, there's a long way to go on that, and, and anything could happen yet. But certainly, yeah, uh, Europe in the driving at the minute, and it'd be great if they could they could claim it back and get a bit of revenge for that hammering they took the last time around.
2: Absolutely. Anyway, have a good game tonight online lmfm.ie. The final out derby of the season Dundalk against Drogheda United. See you next week. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to you, our listeners. Big thank you to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do it without her. Eddie Caffrey's coming next to The uh, Drive. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you Monday, half one.